0: Calm. Five, four, three, two, one. All right, let's do this. Get set. For the open door. This is Running Flat Radio with Chris Jasinski on AM 800 CKLW, the information station. That day, for no particular reason, I decided to go for a little run.
1: And welcome to uh, Running Flat Radio. It's uh, Chris Zinsky. Kelly Steele is actually on assignment tonight and not joining us. But you know what? What an exciting show we have uh, this week. If you're if you're not familiar with Running Flat Radio, it's a show all about believe it or not running, and and running in in this community and abroad. And is, it's all about just getting off that couch and getting into your first 5k walking in is okay last is a great place to be as well so don't fear ever coming in last at at a race and uh very few of us ever come in first so don't worry about your time and just enjoy it because it really is a great social movement to be involved in in running and walking in this community meet a lot of great people and uh, i also raise lots of money for, for for many charities that are out there so running flat radio is on every week and we usually have some really interesting guests on Last week we had uh, uh, Dr. Melissa kidd on talking about eye safety. We get a lot of feedback on that, especially in regards to uh, uh, wearing sunglasses or, and, and safety glasses when you, when you do run in the rain or on trails. Uh, so this week, we believe it or not, a runner was hit by lightning during an ultra race and survived it and came in third in that race. Adam Campbell joins us uh, live on the phone at about quarter after the hour, and we're gonna we're gonna talk to Adam about what it's like being hit by lightning, <laughs> and then actually coming in third. Uh, Adam is 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 a very accomplished uh, athlete, uh, professional triathlete for a number of years, and and now an ultra ran, runner out of out of Calgary. So we'll have him on, and then Michael Doyle will be joining us at uh, a quarter to the hour with uh, a whole bunch of news. Uh, from uh, Canadian Running Magazine. Uh, Michael is the editor-in-chief of of Canadian Running Magazine, uh, talking about what's going on in the world. So this is, in the Windsor area, Color Run Week for us. Uh, It's a huge weekend here in the city. Uh, You know, the the rigs start moving in tomorrow morning to to start setting up Color Run. And uh, the the Color Run event is is a very, very special event. It was Windsor's largest ticketed single-day event uh, in their history last year, and, uh, and this year it's shaping up to be, uh, uh, you know, comparable in size. So so we're really, really excited to have the Color Run back in Windsor, have everybody out there. And what I love about Color Run as a race director is um, it, it's magic to watch. Uh, it's a lot of work to, to, to put on, but it really is with, with the size of the crew and the equipment, and, and, of course, all the participants, it is really one of the most amazing events you'll ever see in the world. And, uh, and of course, when, when we start throwing the color optically, it's, it's one of the most amazing uh, things you'll ever see. The color run will be in town. We're doing race kit pickup uh, at Riverfront Plaza in downtown Windsor on, on Friday. And uh, the race itself and the run itself is uh, at 9 o'clock. On Saturday morning, uh, it goes up Riverside Drive towards the uh, Ambassador Bridge, and then back down the Riverfront Trail, and then you come back in to uh, Riverfront Plaza for all the color throws and the celebration. It's going to be an awesome time. If you want to register, there are still some spots left. When you register, use the special code RUNNINGFLAT for your discount, all one word, all in capital letters, 10 bucks off off your registration. So it's, it's a, uh, it's a good deal. It's a really good deal. So come on out. We'd love to have you. Uh, if you've never participated in an event before or a running event or a walking event, this is really the event you should do. Uh, because it, it's like nothing else you'll ever see in the world. Uh, it's, it's a, it's a massive production and it's all here in, in on really what is one of the most amazing, uh, riverfront areas that you could ever do an event. Uh, the Color Run is, for all intents and purposes, the largest event in the world, registering over 2 million people in, in almost 300 markets globally. And uh, you know, when you look at some of the properties that the Color Run takes place, when it's uh, the, the Needle in Seattle, you look at the uh, Historic District in Philadelphia, and even the uh, Eiffel Tower in Paris is, is their finish line. Uh this is one of the most iconic uh places that you could do a run and it looks incredible on the Detroit uh river on the skyline in Windsor. It's it's a fabulous event. And people travel in from all over North America to actually do the color run here in Windsor because of that, because the course is so amazing. So if you get a chance, uh you can go through runningflat.com and hit on hit the uh the color run link that's already there on on, on the runningflat.com website. And like I said, the, uh, the the discount code is running flat, all one word, all in caps, and uh, we'd love to see you out there. So a couple other things that I want to talk to you before we get Adam Campbell on is looking at Run for Heroes and kind of where where you should be at in, in running. Uh, Run for Heroes is really the, the big heroes weekend in Amherstburg is is really what you want to look at. Lots of events to to, to partake in. Of course, there's the marathon. Uh, which is a 42-kilometer marathon, uh, a Boston qualifier. There's the half marathon, which is well on its way to, uh, to selling out this year. There, and, and that's also on September 21st. And then there's the 10K, which also sells out uh, quite quickly. And that's on the Sunday. The Sunday, which is a really, really special day this year, is actually September 21st, which is World Alzheimer's Day. Uh, which is a UN-sanctioned uh, day uh, internationally. So it's it's really fitting that our marathon is actually on that date this year. Uh, the Saturday is really shaping up to be a, an incredible day because what we have is the 5K, uh, which goes in and out of the uh, fort at Fort Malden in Amherstburg and goes up and down the river. It's the Run for Superheroes 5K, where people dress up as their favorite superhero, or villain, and you can actually put teams of people in for, for a discount. That event, uh, uh, will probably somewhere between six and 700 people at that event. And what we've added this year to that event, which is completely new and completely new to the region is a kid's marathon. Now you're wondering how does a kid run a marathon? Well, what happens is this is for school age kids, they, they register For free on runningflat.com at the Run for Heroes site. When they register, they download a pledge form for a minimum of a $50 pledge that they have to raise for the Alzheimer's Society. On the back of that pledge form is a tracking form where they track how many kilometers they run between now and September 20th at the event. What you want to do is, is do 41 kilometers any which way you can whether it's half a kilometer at a time walking or running or a kilometer at a time or, or two kilometers at a time, it doesn't matter. You just gotta get that 41 kilometers in between now and September 20th. And what's amazing is you come and run that last kilometer of the 42 kilometer marathon with us at the 5K. And when, and when your child crosses the finish line, they get a special kids marathon medal from the run for heroes. And it's just a, it's a really exciting event. Uh, I think in the first week we had like 60 kids sign up for the event. It's just going to be crazy. Uh, but what, what a great response we're getting, uh, from, you know, parents and, and the kids are really excited about doing this. And, and what we really hope is that the parents actually stay and maybe get involved in the 5k or who knows, maybe they want to come into town and, and do the 10k or the half marathon the next day. It's just a, it's it's a great event. So, uh the Run for Heroes weekend, for more information you can go to runningflat.com to get more information. There's also an expo that we do, a health expo where you do your race kit pickup. Carla lozon on Apps and joins us from Running Flat. Now, we we still got a we got still got a couple spots left for for expo exhibitors.
2: We do, yep.
1: And uh and what's really nice about it is is our health expo is inside the uh, Libro Credit Union uh, athletic complex in Amherstburg it's on the indoor uh, soccer field so people go in they pick up their race kit you know their bib, their shirt uh, and then we also have a number of vendors uh, like New Balance and, and a number of other folks who are there as well this year
3: yeah it's a really nice venue actually um, it's uh you know, a lot of people come in that maybe not even, they're not even runners, but they come in and check it out. And
1: it's open to the public.
3: It is. It's open to the public. And I think a lot of people don't realize that, um, but it's our third year there. So I, hopefully this year we'll get more people in and we're getting a lot of new vendors in this year. So it'll be exciting.
1: And if you're interested in, in being an exhibitor or want more information on the expo, uh, you can reach uh, Carla at Carla at runningflat.com. For, for more expo information and all the other information about the race is uh is at runningflat.com. What I want to do just before we go to break is I want to do Song of the Week in the Song of the Week in uh, you know in respect to our, our uh our uh can you hear that? Yeah can you hear that? From ACDC, Thunderstruck. Up next Adam Campbell talking about his lightning strike and his third place in an ultra marathon you're listening to running flat radio on m800 cklw
0: The Lynn Martin Show. I
3: listen to this stuff and my head's going in circles. If
0: you're thinking about it, we're talking about it. I have to call and maybe put another perspective on this whole thing. On Wednesday's show, many mom and dads take it for granted here in Canada. We've had it for a long time and ours just keeps getting better. They are just starting to address it in the United States. We're talking parental leave. Next time. When you hear about it, don't just talk. React. The Lynn Martin Show. Weekdays 9 till noon on AM 800. Sometimes it's better to take the route less traveled. Book a flight with Porter by Thursday, and you could save on flights to Ottawa, Montreal, and the U.S. just by connecting through Toronto's small downtown airport. Then enjoy a free snack and beverage in our airport lounge while counting all the money you saved at flyporter.com, your savings connector. Some conditions apply, like booking by Thursday. Porter, flying refined
4: discover a new way to bank. Windsor Family Credit Union is now open in downtown Windsor. Their family of free checking accounts is just one example of the financial, investment, insurance, and trust services developed with your financial needs in mind. With a friendly greeter, cafe lounge area, no teller lines, and private offices for all financial transactions, WFCU's retail locations offer a service environment that stands out from the rest. Visit Windsor Family Credit Union in downtown Windsor at the corner of University and Olette Avenues today. WFCU, like a bank, only better.
0: It's easy to do more with Save on Energy.
3: It is going to be a hot one out there. Any contractor can tell you that the worst day of the year for your air conditioner to break down is the hottest one. But a participating contractor in the Save on Energy program, like me, can help you save with up to $650 in incentives. Just use a participating contractor to install an energy-efficient heating and cooling system. Call us at 1 855 592 HVAC or visit saveonenergy.ca slash HVAC, funded by the Ontario Power Authority and offered by your local electric utility.
2: Now, the forecast from the AM 800 Weather Center tonight clearing a low of 13. Tomorrow, mainly cloudy, a 30% chance of showers in the afternoon, a high of 21. Wednesday night, a 30% chance of showers early in the evening, then clearing a low of 11. Thursday, a mix of sun and cloud, a high of 25. Friday, wall to wall sunshine, a high of 27. Once again, clearing tonight, a low of 13, mainly cloudy tomorrow, 30% chance of showers in the afternoon, and a high of 21.
0: Hey! What makes your brain so cold it shatters in free? A froster. What causes you to shiver and shake like a twerking T-Rex? A froster. What makes you stronger than a snowman's bad breath slapping you in the face? A froster. The Max Froster. An icy cold drink now available in up to 12 frost delicious flavors. A froster may not cause all that stuff, but it will make you cooler than a giant weeping Yeti. Frozen tears of joy. Max Convenience Stores. Need it? Got it. Max. Looking to start running? Strap on a pair of comfortable shoes. Now put one foot in front of the other and keep going. It's that easy. This This is is Running Flat Radio on AM800. And welcome back
1: to uh, Running Flat Radio. Chris Kuzinski here. Uh, you know, it was kind of a joke to go out. And we always do a song of the week, a motivating song to, to put on your iPod uh, and to listen to while you're running. But we did do Thunderstruck by ACDC because our next guest, uh, Adam Campbell, an ultramarathoner from the Calgary area, uh, was struck by lightning while doing the, the Hard Rock uh, 100 in Colorado and still managed to finish that ultra 100 miler third. Which, which is, which is incredible. Adam, welcome to uh, Running Flat Radio.
4: No, thanks, thanks for that intro too. <laughs> yeah,
1: I, 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 dude, dude, you were hit by lightning. So, so <laughs> let, let's 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 talk a little bit about going through what was going through your mind because it, it, it's a 100 mile uh, ultra that crosses through a mountain range. Correct.
4: That that's correct. Yeah, it's got about 68,000 feet total of. Uh, Cumulative elevation gain and loss, and, and all at really, really high altitudes as well. So it's an average elevation of eleven thousand feet, Jeez. with a few uh, five peaks over thirteen thousand feet, uh, feet over in it.
1: And and there's different aid tents as you go along the course where you check in. Correct.
4: That's correct, yeah, and you can get a bit of food there and a bit of shelter if you need it.
1: So somehow you didn't need it when you left that shelter. Let's 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 go through that story of what exactly happened up there.
4: Yeah, so um coming into um, the previous aid station, it was you know it was still really warm out. The weather it was still daylight. um You know, a race this long, uh, you know, it took me 26 hours to complete. So you know, you're running through the night. um So I left that last aid station. And I just moved into third place. um So it was, was pretty exciting because this is a you know, it's a world it's a world class field. Uh, you know, one of the most prestigious ultras in the world. So. I was, feeling pretty good about myself but i still knew i had a lot of racing to go so i was trying to stay pretty calm and stay on top of um my nutrition and making sure i was moving forward efficiently
1: i'm sorry adam what mile was this
4: Uh, It was so um so the previous aid station was about at 52 miles or so into the race and then the uh the the, i was heading up towards the high point in the race which is a 14,000 foot peak called handy's peak and that's about 56 miles into the race Jesus. Okay. Yeah. Which is, I mean, already, that's already quite a lot of running, you know, (laughs) at at altitude, at altitude. Exactly. Um, so uh, running up there, it's, you know, it's got, I went from 9,000 feet to 14,000 feet. So that's 5,000, um, 5,000 feet of vertical gain over about five or six miles. And we're we're heading up and the sun was starting to set and the sky, this is in the San Juan mountains in Colorado, which are just beautiful jagged peaks um, really, really, um, picturesque mountains and r- setting up the, the sunset, um, was incredibly this beautiful, vibrant red color, but you could also see a storm pattern starting to run through, you know, with these angry, angry looking clouds But mostly we're just, you know, my, um, my pacer and I, my, uh, you're allowed to pacer through certain sections of the race for okay. safety reasons. So it's a, it's a teammate who accompanies you through these sections because the, it's so explosive there there's no, there's no option for rescue, really. So, you know, it's better to have a, a teammate there just in case something does happen to you. So I, had a, I picked up a pacer at the previous aid station, a really good friend of mine, Aaron Height, And we, uh, we, were, we were running up, and we were both sort of admiring the view, but we were also keeping a cautious eye on the clouds coming through. And we made our way up into the alpine, so above tree level. And, you know, there's less and less shelter up there. And the sun's starting to set, and the same thing. We're just, you know, this beautiful, amazing sun, um, sunset in the mountains. It's it's really special. But um, but we could see lightning starting to strike at previous mountain, like mountain, the next mountain range over, and the rain started to come down, and the temperature dropped. So we, we stopped and put on put on rain jackets and put on our headlamps for the night section because we were going to be running through the night at that point. And as we were heading up to the the final ridge towards the summit. We actually saw a lightning strike at the summit, and we, we both knew that things were pretty pretty serious at that point. but because there's no shelter around us, the best best option was to head up and over the mountain. Um, that's our safest bet. and, and how, how,
1: how far are you from from summit and going over that peak at this oh, point in time?
4: At that point we're maybe only 400 400 meters from the summit.
1: So and, uh, so, you, so you guys are looking at each other saying, okay, let's gun it. Let, let's get over this thing.
4: Yeah, absolutely. Um, it, it, with this type of um, event, you know, we're wearing very minimal clothing already. So our, our biggest safety net is speed. Um, so the faster we can get up and over a mountain, the safer we're likely to be. And, and, and if and you're moving forward, you're, you know, that, that's a good thing. You want to be moving forward. You don't want to be standing still unless you've got shelter.
1: And is the storm behind you so you can't go back?
4: Well, it, it going back was, it, it was just as far as going forward. Um, so it made more sense to move forward than to go back down okay. somewhere. But yeah, the, the storm had been over the previous mountain range and it just blew through really, really quickly. And it's very unusual on this mountain range to have storms at night. Normally they happen during the mid-afternoon. Right. So we, um, we and we both have a lot of mountain experience. Um, so we both knew that, you know, we made the right call. It was to, to push up and over the summit. But the second we hit the summit, um, all of a sudden we heard this incredibly loud crack. It was deafening. It was like somebody was shooting a gun right by our ear. And we had this really vivid white light. And we both found ourselves knocked to the ground. And I, I my my headlamp had exploded. And I heard Aaron say, my, my head, my head, my head, I was hit. <laughs> And we both sort of lay there and we swore, you know, we, um, <laughs> and it's the first thing you do when something like that happens. And then we both sort of, we, we sat there almost in shock, like, did that really just happen? Were we, were we just struck by lightning? And yeah, I mean, that, that's in fact what happened. We were struck by lightning. Jeez. Yeah, it's
0: crazy. So, so how, we,
1: how long were you guys on the ground?
4: Not very long at all. We I mean, we both knew that, you know, the situation was pretty, pretty precarious at that point. Um, and so we, you know, neither one we're, neither one of us panicked, really. I started to have a little bit of a panic attack, um, but, but I calmed myself down really quickly because I knew that we just had to get out of there because we're, st- we're still in the middle of this huge electrical storm all around us. And the lightning was still going off around us, and um, it was getting really, really cold, and the rain was coming down really hard. But my headlamp was out, and, you know, we both made sure that we were okay. And, like, yeah. We checked in with each other, and, uh, you know, So we're, you know, how are you doing? How you doing? We both assessed that we were both fine. And because my headlamp was out, I actually had a spare headlamp in my, we have a little running pack on, but it was underneath my rain jacket and we just wanted to get the heck out of there as quickly as possible. So um, Aaron quickly got in behind me and we ran off the mountain. And there's no trail up there. It's, you know, it's all this rocky scree, really big boulders, really, really steep terrain and a pouring, you know, at night in the pouring rain with you know vicious winds and um well you're above lightning
1: (laughs) you're you're above the tree line and you're two lightning rods running down a mountain
4: yeah exactly it's really really (laughs) very
1: two (laughs) wet lightning rods
4: running down a mountain yeah that's right yeah and and apparently we know that we conduct electricity now too so yeah (laughs) um so yeah, you know, it, was, it really was though. Just you know, get the job done, just get out of there as quickly as possible. And uh, I'm really lucky. Aaron, one reason I chose him as a as a pacer is that he just he has a really calm demeanor. So he was the perfect person to be in that kind of an environment with. And he's obviously very you know technically capable as well. And um, yeah, uh, really really scary and really really strong bonding moment for both of us. Yeah, I guess. So so what. what
1: what, what what's the reason for all this you you guys survived a lightning strike on top of a peak during a storm i mean something that the average person first off doesn't get hit by a lightning but, yeah. but sure is to walk away from it and continue running i mean at a motivated pace to come in third
4: yeah. well i mean the, the motivation was survival at that point so yeah. so yeah i mean we we were definitely booking it down there as quickly as possible um, and once we got down a little lower, and we actually found a bit of shelter in, um, uh, under a rock, we, you know, we, I, I swapped out my headlamp, put on the new headlamp, and, uh, you know, we, we checked in with each other once again to make sure that we were in fact okay. Aaron said he could feel some tingling in his arm, but we were both just really cold. So one of the reasons for for moving was also just to stay warm. You know, we were it was really really cold. So the faster we're moving, the the warmer we got. and um,
1: Was the only damage the headlamp? I mean, did you guys, anyone get it burned or
4: anything else? No, no, no burns. It, it wasn't a direct hit. Um, okay. So I guess there's a few different types of lightning strikes. So one of them is a direct hit and others are rebound hits. So what had happened was we, it was obviously a rebound hit. And the, the what we the strike we seen previously, it wasn't a single bolt. It looked more like uh, tentacles of light hitting mm-hmm. the summit. So it was obviously something like that.
1: You are and, one lucky man, Adam. You are one lucky man. We,
4: oh, we're, 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 I won't wear
1: that, yeah. <laughs> we're we're going to take a break right now. Will you stay with us through the break? Because I also want to talk to you about the Sky Running Series.
3: Oh, absolutely. Yeah, Great.
1: For sure. Absolutely. You're listening to uh, Running Flat Radio on AM 800 CKLW.
0: Where Windsor-Essex speaks. I'm absolutely appalled that these people would do something as such. AM 800 CKLW. If makes mistakes, that's understandable. The information station. It's time to trade in, trade up at your Chrysler cheap Dodge and Ram retailer. Where a Dodge Grand Caravan, Canada's number one selling minivan, starts at just $19,995. With 0% financing for 36 months. And so does Dodge Journey, Canada's best-selling crossover. Plus, step up to their ultimate packages and you get DVD, backup camera, and up to $10,000 in total discounts. The trade-in, trade-up event. See your Dodge retailer for details. It's 7.30. From the AM 800 News Center, your number one news source in Windsor-Essex, an information update with Paul Pedro.
2: A news conference tomorrow morning is expected to have the chair of the Downtown Windsor Business Improvement Association announce that he will run for mayor of Windsor. Larry Horwitz told AM800 News in April he was considering a run for mayor and will announce his political intentions tomorrow morning. A motorcycle has been impounded, and a 37-year-old Windsor man's license has been suspended for seven days after OPP officers clocked a motorcycle going more than 180 km an hour this morning on the 401 near the Highway 77 exit. And a $40,000 fine has been issued against a commercial fishing boat captain from Leamington for fishing violations. Melchior Pace pleaded guilty to violating the terms of his commercial fishing license and failing to maintain an accurate and complete fishing logbook. AM800 Sports, the MLB All-Star Game is in Minnesota tonight with Tigers star Miguel Cabrera starting at first base. That game is about a half hour away. The Windsor Clippers continue their playoffs against Orangeville tonight at 8 o'clock at Forest Glade Arena and former NHLer Tony Granato is the new assistant coach for the Red Wings. From the AM800 Weather Center, tonight clearing a low of 13. Tomorrow mainly cloudy, a 30% chance of showers in the afternoon, a high of 21. Right now in Windsor-Essex, 20 Celsius. That is 68 Fahrenheit. I'm Paul Pedro, AM800 News. When you're able to focus your mind and your body, anything is possible.
0: From 5K runs to half marathons to the full 26.2 miles. We talk about it all on Running Flat Radio, Tuesdays, 7 till 8 on AM800.
1: And welcome back to uh, Running Flat Radio. Chris Yuzinski on on the line with us right now is the luckiest runner alive, uh, Adam Campbell, who uh, came in third in the Hard Rock 100 in uh, in Colorado. And at, we were just talking about at one of the, the top peaks as you were summiting, you got hit by lightning. And then uh, once you actually uh, recouped and, and made sure you guys were okay, you ran down the, uh, the mountain. So i got to tell you, a number of years ago, Adam, I I was up in the Mount Blanc area. Uh, It was the summer, and I was at the bottom of the mountain, and a storm had hit, and lightning hit the top of the mountain and and killed somebody on the top of the mountain. And uh, I never, ever forgot that. And as a race director, I get really, really nervous around uh, thunder and and cells, and uh, uh, it's such a high priority in running flat for, for our runner's safety that uh in any hint of a storm i mean we're uh we're, we're right on top of, of trying to figure out exactly how we're going to uh, move people off the course and, and and implement those safety plans that we've been working on so uh really really sensitive to this topic and um and to hear that you got hit and uh and survived it is uh, is incredible
4: yeah no well that, i mean that same weekend uh two people were killed in rocky mountain national park Uh, Which isn't all that far away, in the same, um, you know, in Colorado as well. And four other people were seriously injured hiking on top of uh, Longs Peak. Um, So yeah, no, I'm I'm really aware of how fortunate I am. But one of the aspects of this race is it is, it's more. I mean, it's it's just as much a mountaineering experience as it is a a running race. And they expect a really high level of self sufficiency, and they are very clear with that in the race directions. And and just to get into the race, you have to show them. A certain level of, you know, mountain proficiency and ultra running proficiency. So it's, um, yeah, so, you know, that,
1: sorry, go ahead. No, no. So, so let's talk about your, your ultra career as well. Um, yeah. so you've been a runner for a number of years and, yeah. um, and you, you've been a, you're a professional triathlete.
4: I was previously. Yeah. So, I mean, all through high school, I, you know, I ran cross country and cross country skied and did sports like that. And then, um, when I turned 19, I, I made the junior national triathlon mm-hmm. team. Um, to go compete at the world championships in montreal and i was like this is the coolest thing in the world you know i get to wear canadian uniform i get to compete at the world championships it's kind of awesome and uh from there I was, I was actually at queen's at the time queen's university yes and i got to meet uh simon whitfield who just won a gold medal and uh i was a pretty i was i was, I was known as being a decent runner and i did a little rum workout with him he's like oh you should come out and stay with us in the, in victoria and I just couldn't get that out of my mind, and um, so that December I actually dropped out of school, hopped on a plane to Victoria, and literally landed at Victoria Airport, and I had Simon's number. I called him. I was like, "Hey, Simon, it's uh, <laughs> it's me. I'm uh, I'm at uh, Victoria Airport. You said I could come stay with you." Ended up living with him for the next three years, um, competing on the World Cup circuit. So yeah, I mean, one that's a testament to the type of person he is that he'd come pick me up. This guy he met once, um, but also just. Uh, yeah, I mean, so that was a really, really important time in my life, so I got to compete on the World Cup circuit, and I was Canadian national duathlon champion a couple times. I was on the national development team, and, and then I uh, ended up, I was trying to qualify for the Beijing Olympics. That was sort of my big end goal, which didn't end up happening for me.
1: And, and so where, where does one go from being a professional triathlete? And, and, and actually, before we answer that question, let's talk about what it's like being a professional athlete in Canada, especially at that level. Uh, you know, when it comes to funding, trying to get funding, um, you know, is 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 triathlon a well-funded sport in Canada?
4: Yeah, triathlon's a well-funded sport, but um, you know, I also wasn't at the highest level. You know, there there are people like Simon who are winning Olympic medals. You know, whereas I'm trying to make national teams. So there's you know, there, the funding is is very is very different at both levels. Um, most of the funding is earmarked towards people who have metal potential and who are likely to make the teams, not people who are trying to qualify for the teams. Right. Um, but, you know, I still, I, I was lucky. I, I, you know, I was, I trained with a group with Simon. When I was there, we had all the best triathletes in Canada, some of the best triathletes in the world training with us. So, um, you know, while I wasn't, I wasn't making any money, um, you know, I had access to incredible resources, incredible opportunities. And, uh, you know, I'm really, really thankful for that. And is one of the most significant Moments in my life, for sure.
1: So you retire from being a professional triathlete.
4: Yeah, that's correct. And so, in about 2006, I realized I wasn't going to make the uh, the Olympic team. Right. So I, I i was I was previously married, and my my former wife was going to make the Olympic team. Uh, Lauren Groves was her name. And so she she was qualifying for Beijing. And Simon was my best friend. He was obviously going to the Olympics. And so I decided to become the national team manager. Um, at that time to, you know, in order to be able to spend time with them and uh, continue to help support the team. So I was lucky I was able to transition over into that role. And I did that through Beijing. But at the same time, I I was looking for what I wanted to do next. So I applied to law school and uh, luckily got into law school. And so I was, yeah, that was sort of the next stage of my life. I figured I'd become, just become a, you know, dust jockey.
1: (laughs) Fantastic. So, So where does the ultra bug come from?
4: Well, I've always really enjoyed long runs, and when I when I decided to retire from triathlon, I started going and playing more in the mountains, which is where ultimately that's where I'm most at home. I love being in the mountains,
3: mm-hmm.
4: and so I was playing in the mountains quite a bit and doing more and more long runs. And it all it always just seemed that the longer the runs got in training, the better I did. And yeah, I saw a couple of pictures in the magazine, and I actually think it was of the Hard Rock 100. Uh, this guy Scott Jurek who's you know world famous ultra runner and he's actually become quite a good friend of mine as well and I was like I absolutely have to do what he's doing you know I was reading articles about them and you know so I started slowly and I I ran my first marathon and you know that went quite well and then I was like I'd rather and I went and ran my first mountain marathon Um, and then from there I ran my first 50k and then my first 50 miler and then 100k and 100 miler so I slowly slowly worked my way up through the, the distances and unfortunately being quite successful at you know all the
1: races they've done. Yeah, I, I see that you you do a uh, a fifty k uh, race at three hours and two minutes. That's that, that's an incredible time.
4: Yeah, no, I mean uh, the first marathon I ran, I ran two twenty nine. Um, so yeah, I've always had pretty decent speed as well. And uh, but yeah, uh, you know running on trails and in mountains, you know time isn't really. That relevant because Correct. your pace is all over the place it, it re- it's very different from running on road races yep. but i still quite enjoy running roads as well i mean so, last year i sort of or two years ago i decided i wanted to try to get a world record so i ran the world's fastest time in a business suit
1: I you ran, did a, you did
4: what <laughs> i ran a, a marathon in a business suit and i ran 235 at the victoria marathon wearing a full business suit with a tie and everything
1: that's such a so, lawyer move
4: yeah, I, I was I was raising money for uh, the, yeah, I was raising money for a legal charity called Access Pro Bono, so I, th- I thought it was the most appropriate thing to do. Yeah, it was pretty funny.
1: That's awesome. Hey, t- yeah. tell tell us about sky running.
4: So sky running is a particular type of um, of trail running and mountain running, specifically, and it was it is born of um, the European mountain running scene, where people would literally sit down, you know, at the local bar and. Uh, Point at a summit and be like, "Hey, I bet you know, I can get there and back faster than you know the guy sitting beside him." And so it's all about running really, really technical mountain terrain in a you know in a really clean style. So it's whatever whatever is the most natural route to take from you know town center to a summit. And um, so it's it's been big in Europe and it's slowly been growing. And uh, I, I'm the the director of the Canadian uh, Sky Running Federation. And so, yeah, I was trying to bring that style of running to Canada. So in Europe, the, you know, there are certain requirements the race has to have. You know, normally it's about above 2,000 meters elevation. We can't really do that in too many places in Canada. right?
1: You sure can't do that in Essex County.
4: No, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, well, and the same thing in Saskatchewan. We'll have to have the, <laughs> the, the, the world's first uh, horizontal sky race. Yeah. <laughs> um, But, yeah, so we'll have races called vertical kilometers. So it's basically it's 1,000 meters elevation gain and 3 to 5 kilometers, so really, really steep terrain. Or we have sky races, which are anywhere from 25 to 42 kilometers. And then we have sky ultras, which are anything longer than a marathon. And they'll have, you know, 4,000 up to 10,000 meters of climbing in them, so really, really gnarly tough races. It it can take world-class athletes eight hours to finish 50K. On, on certain terrain.
1: So so when you talk about measurement, let, let's just go back a second. It's on, It's based on elevation or is it based on actual linear mileage up a trail?
4: Yeah, so no, it, it's it's more, when you become a skyrunner, you start worrying more about elevation gain. So when I'm out training, I actually almost never look at how far I've run distance-wise. Um, I, I look at the elevation on my watch. So I run with an altimeter more than a stopwatch.
1: So if you're doing a 50K sky running event that's not 50k wheeled out that's 50k based on
4: oh sorry sorry no no it is 50k wheeled out okay but you then also look at what the elevation gain is for the course okay and so i mean it it, just to give people a comparison i mean if you were to look at you know the boston marathon people consider to be a hilly course it wouldn't even register on you know on the type of elevation that we do it maybe has a hundred meters of elevation gain Whereas our races will have four thousand meters of elevation, five thousand meters of elevation gain.
1: So, so we host a marathon here called the Run for Heroes Marathon in Amherstburg, Ontario. Yeah, it's a it's it's a Boston qualifier. Yeah, it's a it's a very intimate intimate course, right? Like th- there'll be three hundred marathoners. Uh, oh, lovely! Yeah. it's 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 a, it's a beautiful course through wetlands and along the Detroit River uh, and through a historic Fort Malden. Thirty-eight foot elevation change.
4: Yeah, forty-two <laughs> k. Yeah, you, you would not qualify as a sky running race. My apologies. Yeah. Oh,
1: we'll try next year then. Yeah.
4: <laughs> but, you know, you also have to take advantage of the terrain that you have. Um, Correct. So, that's you know, that's what your environment's like. And so that's what makes sense for you to run in. Where I live, we have mountains, so that's where we naturally gravitate towards running. So, so it, yeah, it'd be contrived just to make a hilly course, just to try to make a hilly course.
1: Right. So in, in sky running world, is, is there a... Uh, like a North American championship or is it, does it all kind of elevate back into the, into the, into like the UK or into Europe?
4: Yeah. So this year is the first year that they've really broadened it to North America. So for this year, there's a U.S. series and a Canadian series. And there's also a series in the UK and Australia, uh, New Zealand, Japan, France, you know, then quite a few European countries, but the focus of the sports being in Europe. Um, and so next year we're going to have an, um, north american series with the north american championships but this is our first year having individual national races I and mean, we it's more of a, a feeler year really mm-hmm. just to figure out what courses should be in it what the nature of our races should be like because they have to reflect the local culture and um, topography as well
1: right right fascinating uh, you know yeah. th- thanks for explaining sky running i know a lot of listeners would be interested in that and um, and I wish you all the best with that, and, and, and congratulations. And make sure you buy yourself a big lottery ticket this week. Yeah, well, um, that's
4: the, That's the irony is, in order to get into the race, I had to. It, it's via lottery that um, there's only 140 people that are allowed to run Hard Rock. Right, and the odds of getting in via lottery are less than 1%. So as we were running off the mound, Aaron said something about, you know, you know, the odds of getting struck by lightning are less than the lottery. I was like, I won the lottery, too. I was like, I'm the luckiest person in the world. It's crazy. Yeah.
1: <laughs> well, well, thank you, Adam, for joining us, and uh, and I hope your luck continues.
4: Yeah, wonderful. Thanks, I'd uh, love to hear about your marathon a little yeah. bit, too. It sounds lovely. So best of luck to everybody out there running, and uh, keep on trucking. Yeah, it's awesome.
1: Thanks, man. Take care. Thanks. You're uh, listening to Running Flat Radio on AM800 CKLW.
0: New teams, no limits. two of The Amazing Race Canada is now in full flight. It's
3: about time. Yeah. Filled
0: with spills. That is nasty. <laughs> chills.
4: I can't
3: even move. And
0: lots of thrills.
3: This is amazing.
0: Only 10 teams remain. We're ready for anything the race brings us. Let's
4: do this. Get
3: her done.
0: And a few are now feeling the pressure.
3: I don't want to go home. Let it! Let it! Oh, my God.
0: The Amazing Race Canada, tonight at 9 on CTV. Brought to you in part by Scotiabank. You're richer than you think. Mike K. Cook and Lisa Williams. Every morning. My favorite
4: morning show. The
0: morning Drive.
4: On the next show, there's a new list out of the dumbest questions you could ask in a restaurant. Do you serve food here? Is one of them. At 620, we're going to tell you what other questions made
0: the list. And at 750, it's the impossible question to pair a pair of weekend passes to the first annual Kingsville Folk Music Festival happening at Lakeside Park. The Morning Drive. Weekday mornings, 5 till 9 on AM 800. These 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 are the final days of Leon's famous Don't Pay a Set event. Visit Leon's today and save up to 15% on select sofas and sectionals, up to 50% on Sealy mattresses, and up to $500 on Samsung curved TVs. Plus, you don't pay a cent for delivery on almost everything in our showroom. Best of all, you can pay absolutely nothing, not even the taxes or fees, until 2016 OAC. Leon's Don't Pay a Set event ends Tuesday. Don't miss it.
1: It's that time of the year again. And summer. Hit the patio at the City Grill for their recharge menu with tons of tempting new options for lunch and dinner. Visit thecitygrillwindsor.com.
2: Now, the forecast from the AM 800 Weather Center clearing tonight a low of 13, mainly cloudy tomorrow, a 30% chance of showers in the afternoon, a high of 21, 30% chance of showers early Wednesday night, then clearing a low of 11, mix of sun and cloud Thursday, high of 25, lots of sunshine in store for Friday, a high of 27. Once again, tonight clearing, a low of 13. Tomorrow, mainly cloudy, a 30% chance of showers in the afternoon, and a high of 21.
0: AM 800 CKLW, the information station, where you're always only minutes away from the latest news, talk, and opinion. Helping you achieve your personal best. This is Running Flat Radio with Chris Yuzinski on AM 800.
1: And welcome back to uh, Running Flat Radio. It is uh, now time uh, this week for our weekly feature. Running
0: Flat Radio presents the Canadian Running Magazine Report on AM 800.
1: Editor-in-chief Michael Doyle from Canadian Running Magazine. How are you, sir? I am doing excellent. How are you, Chris? I am awesome. I am. Excellent. Wonderful. You know, we, uh, we, we just had a, uh, a guest on and, uh, Adam was just talking to us about the, uh, the sky Running series, uh, that's, uh, apparently coming to, to Canada. And, uh, I've always heard about it, but, you know, being so flat here in Essex County, we don't really get out to too many mountain runs. And <laughs> <No>. uh, <laughs> I was explaining to him that, you know, we have a 38 foot elevation change over 42 kilometers being as one of the fastest marathons in the world. But, you know, and, and, you know, the sky running, what was the minimum, uh, Carla, 2000 or 4,000, 4,000 to 5,000 yeah, foot elevation, yeah. uh, had to be the, the minimum. So uh, we, we would definitely not qualify for that this year.
3: No, they have a tough time finding places in Canada. I know there's a couple in Quebec and there's certainly a whole bunch out West. Um, but the sky running series is pretty cool. I've been following it for a couple of years and. I actually did an interview with uh, one of the founders, Laurie Van Houten, uh, uh, last year for the magazine because they also do this pretty neat uh, series where they do stair climbs in the tallest buildings in the world. So, okay. um, yeah, I was asking her about, like, why the CN Tower wasn't part of their, their group, and they, they've actually been trying to get the CN Tower as one of them. So, uh, But they do the Empire State Building and a bunch of uh, buildings in Asia as well. So <laughs> it's pretty cool. They're a pretty cool group. And
1: um, one of the things that you, we were going to talk about was the, was North Face.
3: Yeah, last weekend I was up and speaking of running up a, a mountain. I mean, I guess I guess Collingwood, I guess Blue Mountain is almost a mountain. It's I don't know <laughs> if it's quite a thousand feet, but they call it a mountain. <laughs> it felt like a mountain running up and down the ski hill. Uh, but the yeah, North Face um, they have an endurance challenge series that they do all around North America, and they actually even have one in, in Costa Rica as well. They lay out these really crazy pretty gnarly trail courses uh they do a whole weekend of events everything from 50 miles right down to a 5k and uh, i did the half marathon distance on sunday with a with a group of friends and it was it was really challenging it rained the night before and it was pretty slick coming down the side of that mountain or, or giant hill and uh, took a couple of spills it was a lot of fun though uh, trail running is a total different animal i mean i've imagined you talked about it quite a bit with adam he's doing You know, crazy 100-mile events that are just challenging every aspect of your mind and body. And, I mean, what he does is unbelievable. He's a really cool guy.
1: Yeah, and, you know, we we had Carnazis on, uh, you know, a couple months ago uh, on the show. And he was up in Toronto uh, launching uh, this series for for North Face. And he's such an interesting guy. I mean, he he mostly rode, but but he does a tremendous amount of trail. And, uh, you know, trail is a completely different animal. And totally. uh, and I know that uh, in next month we have Nancy Hobbs on, who is a legend in uh, in female uh, trail running uh, in the United States, a pioneer. And uh, and those are some of the specific questions that we actually want to get in with her is, is how that entire sport has changed over the last 20, 30 years. And, oh yeah, and and it has dramatically where where you have uh you have some decent money in sponsorships in there now, and you have large companies like like North Face that are that are making inroads i mean looking into canada uh to to, to promote these products
3: i think these companies they see that are these incredible athletes and really interesting stories and uh and it's a way to kind of grow from a grassroots movement too because i mean you they have these events like Western States uh, in California or like the Hard Rock 100 and in, in Colorado and Pikes Peak and whatnot. And they have these great histories and each year is this epic event and, you know, all kinds of crazy stories like, you know, Adam getting hit by lightning. I mean, that one's going to go down and it's one of the weirdest yep. trail running stories in the last few years. And it, yeah, they're just like their own little, you know, epic. So I think that it's, it's something that um, certainly if you're coming from a r- kind of traditional road running background, you do 5Ks, 10Ks, marathons, that it's usually the trail events are in the summertime. They're a bit of a different animal. There's something that um, are, are kind of a different kind of full body and mental challenge as well, and they're a lot of fun. I think there's something that everyone should do in the summertime.
1: But, but also they're intimate events. Yeah, I mean, you're you're not going to line up with thirty five thousand of your best friends on that starting no. line and run up a mountain. Um, no, right? I mean, they're 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 more equated to like a small marathon, like like we have with Run for Heroes or a lot of the events that we put on, where they're very very intimate. Um, oh, totally. Where, where you can see the front of the pack and you can see the back of the pack.
3: Yeah, uh, which I mean, as you know, has has a real appeal. I mean. Uh, As much as I love lining up at, you know, New York or Chicago with, you know, 45,000, 50,000 of my closest friends, it's really fun to – to stand in a small group and you're all going out there together and you get this kind of, you know, like kind of like a, it's like a community event. Afterwards, you, you usually there's some sort of like barbecue or a little festival. Everyone's hanging out. It's kind of like camping. It's uh, it's a really nice. It's nice for to bring your family out, too. I think it's a, it's it's a different side of running, which which I really appreciate.
1: A hundred percent. And that we've always marketed. Uh, the run for heroes as a boutique marathon. And I, I know that you know some of the race directors in the United States kind of laugh like, what's a boutique marathon? It's like, <laughs> well, you know what it is, guys. It's small, it's intimate. everyone knows the race director by his first name. Uh, you know, it, and it's 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 very, very intimate that way. and it's through a small town and yeah. and, and it's a very scenic course. So that that's why we we kind of coined that phrase boutique marathon was was because of that. but uh, but yeah, there, there is a huge market in in, in marathoning and and half marathoning. Where people say, you know what, I'm just not going to fight twenty seven thousand people in, you know, in, in corral, you know, double F, you yeah. know, uh, you know, today and uh and try to sidestep people for the first, you know, twenty eight minutes of, of my run.
3: Yeah, I you would know. say, you know, I mean I run a lot of events as you know every year and mm-hmm. uh I, I, I like to do a couple of big ones, but most the events that I like to do are the sort of smaller community style events because you get You know, first of all, everyone gets across the finish uh, start line within a couple of seconds, and that's really cool. It's not like the slow march to the start, and and also it's you know you can you can tell that everyone's there for 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 a great reason. All the volunteers, all the you know the race organizers, people like yourself, race directors, you you really you really personally care and put a personal touch on the event, and I really appreciate that
1: you know we think so i mean that that's that's what our aim is right and 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 we hope that that it shines through you know at the end of the day that people actually see that a little personal touches are actually in there and and looked after so you know we're what a year away from the commonwealth games in uh, uh-
3: Oh, no, Pan Am's the a Pan UI. Am? We're only a couple of weeks away from the Commonwealth Games in, in Calgary. Um, in sorry, in uh, Glasgow, Glasgow, Scotland. Uh, just had Adam Campbell on the mind there. He's from Calgary. Uh, yeah, and I mean, I think we've got a good team. There's um quite a few quite a few athletes in track and field. Uh, Lanny Marchand, of course, is running the marathon. There are a couple of weird omissions, and we actually just put an article up this evening about it. Um, people who either didn't make the qualifying standard because Canada actually has quite Aggressive qualifying standards for for international events. People like Nate Brandon, who you know everyone knows from going to a couple of Olympics, and he's one of our best track runners probably ever. And he didn't make a qualifying standard this year, so it's it's kind of too bad that that uh, you know Team Canada doesn't send our best you know, fill out the entire squad in every single event. So we don't have anybody for the men's 1500 metre, which is really sad because that's a really great event. And we don't have anyone for the men's marathon because Eric Gillis and Reid Coulassette uh, and Rob Watson, who all had qualifying times, just decided that they were going to go for, like, as we were talking about, kind of the big city uh, you know, fall marathons, uh, trying to run a faster time, which I can respect because this is a livelihood and they're trying to, you know, get that sub 210, you know, uh, Canadian record time. Uh, and it's tough to do that at a world championships in August. Uh, but <laughs> I think it's, it's, you know, it's too bad that we're not going to send a full compliment in every single event, but I do, I do think that there are quite a few exciting runners that are going to be there and i think it's it's worthwhile tuning in i think the cbc is going to be going to be showing it uh showing it i hope live if not live there'll be a rebroadcast in the evening so uh, it's going to be a fun event it's always cool to watch track and field and, and the big marathon events on television in august in August. <laughs> this year. yeah, yeah. Pan, Am game, Pan Am Games are next year, and I, I have a sneaking suspicion that Canada will have a full team in Toronto next year. I'm sure so. they will.
1: I'm yeah, sure they I will. Hope so, yeah, That's wonderful. Michael, yeah. thank you very much for joining us this week, and, uh, and, and, we'll, and we'll talk to you next week for sure. You are listening to uh, Running Flat Radio on AM800 CKLW. For more information about Running Flat and what we do and all of our events that are coming up, go to runningflat.com. We always need volunteers for events as well. We're going to do a show in a couple weeks that actually revolves around volunteers and and how important they are. And without them, we would never be able to put on running events. But uh, you know what? We'll talk to you next week and keep running.
2: And that's all I have to say about that.